Welcome to The Sale Ring, a podcast dedicated to real estate brokers, agents, and America's top auctioneers that keep the markets moving. Join your hosts, Sean and Trina, as they talk with most successful realtors, marketing and technology experts, investors, and influencers. Welcome to The Sale Ring. You just never know how much you miss something until it's gone. I really miss that bell. That the they should make bell. a song yes. out of that. They should. Yeah, you don't know what you have till it's gone. I, I really miss the bell in our intro. That I know it's a little like it sounds like a triangle. It's it no does. That's a bell. A, that's exactly what it sounds like. Is uh, the old school triangle? Mm-hmm. Ting. Yes. Yeah. We'll figure out how to work that bill back in. Oh, we'll find a bill. I'm pr- I'm I'm pretty sure that's going to be easy to do around here. <laughs> we missed you on the show last week. Trina took a little uh-huh. bit of time off with the family. Uh, have a, a good Thanksgiving. Yeah, yeah. It was yes. The first part of it was great. The second part, I could have done without. <laughs> it was just good. Well, there were dogs involved. We don't need to get into all that. Oh yeah. yeah, there were injuries and dogs and all kinds of things happened. But yeah, the rest of it was. Fu- Wonderful. You have a, uh, um, I don't want to call it a petting zoo at your house. Well, so we have a doormat that says, welcome to the petting zoo. (laughs) So you're not raw. All right. We will call it a petting zoo. We can call it a petting zoo. It's okay. I have a menagerie going at my house. Explain to people what that is real quick, just in case. A menagerie is an old word that that means zoo. That's all that is. Okay. (laughs) It's the old way to say zoo. She uh, she got ran over by a fleet of dogs and uh, bit in the process. Yeah, yeah, it was not fun times. Nothing yeah. says Thanksgiving like a dog <laughs> like bite. The dog bite in the morning. <laughs> yes, wake up call. <laughs> we uh, we missed you last week. Uh, we had Jeb Brantner in. We yeah. talked about TikTok, and man, that guy's got it going on. Um, and we'll uh, we'll be promoting that out um, this week will yeah. the show is up if you haven't listened to it we'd encourage you to do that but uh tiktok is uh finding a lot of listeners a lot of a uh, lot of viewers and in those now they're starting to distill that down as we talked about in the show and and trying to obviously not all of those are qualified leads i i would say the vast majority of them may not be but there are some in there, yeah. And yeah. they're now trying to push them a step further into deeper engagement. And the ones that are hanging with you, they may have some serious interest yeah. in the property. And I think uh, for real estate, they're they're getting more and more sophisticated at that. We've got uh, we've got a very interesting show today, though. What we're going to talk about is um, something that in sales and park real estate off to the side whether you're a listing agent, you are an auctioneer, uh, you're a real estate broker. If you're in sales in general and you're trying to sell something to somebody, one of the things that you need to do is uh, you've got to get the person to like you. Yeah. On some level. Yeah. Because even if you have the best product in the world and um, they have the need for that product, if they don't like you, They'll buy that product from somebody else. They're, they're, yeah, exactly. They'll just do, they just don't want to do business with you. Yeah. So you need to at least build rapport mm-hmm. and get that person to like you. And the reason this has come up, uh, and I believe it's an important topic for the sale ring, uh, for the real estate community, for the auction community, is we have more and more 
um, people getting licenses and entering the business. And as you get higher agent counts, you get more people kind of on the treadmill chasing after projects. The only way that, and, and the mindset that comes out of that is it's a numbers game. It's a high volume game. Well, to do that, I have to start templating, you know, things that I, yeah. I have to create just boilerplate documents and template, uh, templatize the process and say, just go out there and do this. And I, I know that's not the perfect scenario for all of these listing agents, but in sheer numbers, it's going to flail off enough business. There's going to yeah. be enough, you know, business that maybe flails from it. Uh, that's not the way that most of us that have been around this business for 30 years were trained. We were trained, especially in the auction business. I'm going to switch ads for a minute. In the auction business, more often than not, you're dealing with somebody that's having um, a difficult situation or there's an issue or a challenge that needs to be solved. And if you can come in with some understanding and 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 some empathy and and mm-hmm. and good communication and just and your experience out there then you can garner the business you can pull the business and and build a relationship with that client yeah but if you come in with your listing agreement in your hand and saying great do you have a place we can sit down and i i need to go through my spiel with you you know this yeah. is how i was trained you've never actually built rapport yeah with that client. Yeah, you've never saw their side of the of the world basically or their view of things and had that empathy with them as you're as you're saying. And that client doesn't know you. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we just met for the first <laughs> exactly. time. Um this isn't a McDonald's phone, transaction. This is a yeah. <laughs> that's you know what? And and that's a great way to state it, Trina, because a lot of times, I mean, think about real estate, you're dealing with in most cases, uh, one of the most valuable assets mm-hmm. that they've accumulated yep, in their life. Absolutely. And uh, you you don't want to take that for granted and say, no, 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 I've, I've got a solution. Just let me go through this and sign the dotted line. And mm-hmm. you're going to lose the majority of those conversations to somebody that took the time to leave the listing agreement, uh, or excuse me, the, the listing presentation in the car yeah, and said, I just, um, you know, I wanted to come out and meet with you. I wanted to look at the property and tell me what you need. Tell me kind of where your head's at right now and yeah. uh, what the situation is, what's going on. And Yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, again, not a McDonald's transaction. We're not all buying, we're not selling Big Macs here. We're selling houses. We're selling houses. There's usually a reason why someone's selling the house, so... Write that one down, folks. If you're taking notes, we're not selling Big Macs. We're selling houses. So, I do but there not is, hold the trademark on the words Big Mac. Please but, don't sue me, McDonald's. But, but there is a lot of truth in that statement. So what we're going to do today is we're going to talk about the elements of a conversation um, that build rapport yeah. with, with a potential client, with a customer. We're going to talk about those elements, those unique kind of key elements in the discussion out there that can help you build um, build rapport. And there's 10 to 12 steps. So as we go through these, I think it's important to delineate between this is not a show up and throw up listing presentation mm-hmm. where I've got my presentation locked and loaded. All, all we need is a quiet place to sit down and just let me go through this. You don't even know what the client needs yet. You're just meeting either on the phone and then push for the in-person interview. That's one thing that I've always trained to young auctioneers and to the community is 
don't try to sell your services and your don't quote your commission. Mm-hmm. That's the one thing oh, that yeah. they're after Number in one. the phone yeah. call. You know, well, how much do you charge? The minute that you've given that information of you've lost a lot of the opportunity, mm-hmm. you're either going to have to be the lowest bidder or you've lost the opportunity to go out and actually sell them on, on what, why you have that amount. Yeah, that's exactly, exactly right. That's that's 100 percent right. Why me? Mm-hmm. So. We want to teach you how to carry that conversation, and uh, the first step yeah, is, uh, as my good friend Jimmy Dean always says, God gave you one mouth and two ears for a reason. Mm-hmm. Active listening. Yeah. So write down number one is active listening. You got to pay attention to what the client's saying, and it's a very difficult thing if you are accustomed to, in a conversation, you're already trying to line up what you're going to say next, which means you only caught about 30% of what they're saying. Yeah, absolutely. Because your mind doesn't think that way. It's like, I, I heard part of what you said, but I wasn't actively listening to you. I wasn't paying full attention. Uh, paying full attention means I'm going to absorb what you're saying, and it's okay not to have the response the minute that their mouth closes. When yeah. they're finished, you don't have to have the response right that second. Yeah, exactly. Take a little time to digest what they just said. and Let me think about that for a minute. So here's how you've acquired the property, or here is the um, unfortunate, fortunate, unfortunate situation. Here's the circumstances right now. Let me think about that. Let me process that for a minute. You know, and then you don't want to space out, but it's okay not to just be locked and loaded and say, I I wish they'd shut up so I can talk. I I know what I'm going to say. You shouldn't know what you're going to say until you know what they have said. You've got to pay full attention. You also want to make sure that you're engaged. Here's a couple of techniques, and we'll talk a little more about body language, but it's okay to maintain eye contact. I don't know if you've noticed this younger generation, they do not maintain eye contact when they're they're visiting with you, and that's a problem Uh because if you're not looking at me, you're either thinking about something else or you don't have the confidence to take this business on right now. Yeah. I'm, I'm losing my trust in your confidence because we're not maintaining eye contact. So when you're actively listening, staying engaged, nodding, making eye contact, providing those verbal cues can be extremely important to the conversation because it shows that person that you're actively engaged in the conversation with them. Right. And the last thing I would say uh, under active listening is try not to interrupt. Now, there may I'm be a time and a place where... See, see, right well, now, I'm just horrible about it. That's well, my you know, downfall. And, right and it's different when you're on, you know, we're on a podcast, right? Yeah. We're a, you've got the, the, the co-hosts in here, and, and I mean, where there should be banter back and forth. Stepping on each other sometimes is appropriate in that respect is... Trina hadn't talked in a while. I'm going to shut up and let let her her talk for a minute. But when they say don't interrupt, you either have somebody that has very few words in a listing conversation Mm -hmm. um, or they are very windy. They talk a long time. It's okay because here's here's a premise, and this is taught by some of the sales masters from from history would tell you, when people are talking to you, if you can just keep them talking – they will build rapport on their own. Yep, they'll when do they, it for you. Yep. When yes. they clam up and shut and and shut up and they stop talking to you, you're at a higher risk of them disengaging with mm-hmm. you. They may not like you. 
Yeah. They may be too nervous. There, there may be something external going on to the conversation, but uh, it is extremely important to keep them talking to you. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, while you're active listening, it, they're going to tell you half of what you need to know just, just conversationally. So then you can take that information and, and kind of act on it appropriately in your response and build that empathy in there and, you know, just kind of keep it moving forward that way. And you're, you're building that report saying, yeah, I understand where you're coming from. This is what you've told me so far, reiterating things. And then building on that and say, well, I understand. And, you know, this is, you know, you're, you're kind of giving them validation, I guess is the right word. That's a great word. Yeah. And you mentioned the word empathy. So that is actually on the list. Whenever you're building rapport with somebody, I want uh, everybody write this down. Empathy. And empathy is just clearly understanding what the person that you're talking to's perspective and their situation. When you empathize with somebody, you're in in a sense, you're putting yourself into their position. And I was taught a long time ago, especially in the auction business. I and I don't think that realtors are insulated from this. I think there's a lot of very, very caring realtors yeah. in this business too. In the auction business, sometimes people will call auction companies because maybe a loved one's passed away, Mm -hmm. and you're handling mom or dad's personal effects or the grandparent stuff, somebody that was was loved and very important to this person. Mm -hmm. And if you don't show care and concern, not just in the conversation, but in everything that you do in that service provision for them... It's, it, it, it's, you can't come off too cold and callous and say, well, we have a job to do, so we're going to throw all this stuff away. And the stuff you're throwing in the dumpster, they may have played with as a child. Yeah, some kind of sentimental value attached to it, yeah. That's exactly right. Yeah. So empathy. You have to acknowledge somebody's feelings, their concerns. you got to show that you genuinely care about their needs. And if you do that, if you empathize with somebody else, it's a great way to build rapport. It's a great way to keep the conversation warmed up mm-hmm. um, empathy yeah absolutely next thing we're going to talk about if you're if you're taking notes again write these down number three is building trust so to build trust with somebody the number one thing um, there's no there's no re a uh, reason or no need to lie in the conversation yeah yes be very open and honest if you don't agree with something don't state it with, you're wrong about that. That's a horrible <laughs> statement. Say, well, what if we looked at it like this? You know, let me give you a different viewpoint of that. Mm-hmm. And there, there, so there's a way to serve that back to somebody um, when they say, well, you know, uh, I'm, I'm nervous about having an auction because so-and-so told me that an auctioneer, you know, did this to him one time. And I said, well, if that happened, that's very unfortunate. And then validate yourself as to why that should not happen in the industry. Yeah. Don't ever bad mouth clientele, you know, don't, uh, not clientele, but your competitors. That's, that's what I meant. The competition. Um, and don't ever tell or clientele and don't put yourself into that position to where you, you're not building trust with them. So you want to be very about everybody else behind their backs. And yeah, you want, you want them to be comfortable that you're not going to do that to them. You know, the, the, I think the first bullet is be honest and transparent in your communication. If you love what you do and you're good at it and you actually genuinely believe in it, 
then there's no reason to ever not be honest and transparent in that communication. You also, if you say something and you commit to it, so we may be talking and we're spitballing right now about, well, you know, we, we could do this or we could do that. But when you get serious in the conversation and say, you know, 30 days, we should be able to have this. Um, dependent on inclement weather or anything. Yeah. Hold yourself to task. Yeah. Deliver on your promises. Yeah. In 30 days, do that. Yeah, exactly. This is our commission rate. This is what we'll charge to line up. We, we got into an estate that we just, um, got in a hurry, you know, mm-hmm. um, some, some of our crew kind of saw, you know, they, they saw dollar signs in some of the merchandise down there, and we were stated about quantities and numbers with actually, without actually validating it. Yeah, We got into this estate, and we had agreed to a commission structure and hourly rate and everything. Well, you know, pedal cars. There was supposed to be 40 or 50. There was 16, oh. you know. So, oh, yeah. I mean, and the numbers on, you know, farm uh, collectible farm toys, which are mm-hmm. worth some money, you know, um, instead of hundreds of those, there was a hundred, you know? Yeah. So yeah. we, um, we didn't, we didn't do a good job of validating that, but we committed to something in the contract and we never mentioned any of that to the client. Um, it was not a hugely successful deal for yeah. us. Um, it, it did fine. The pricing models were not bad on the merchandise. There just wasn't much merchandise there to sell. There wasn't as much as they thought, yeah. And the way that you have to look at that is you have to look at that as lesson learned. Mm-hmm. You know, validate the numbers before you go and build your quote for somebody. Yeah. But if you promise somebody something, you commit to something, deliver on that promise. And then if you make a mistake... For whatever reason, Just own up to it. People yeah. are still yes. human. Yeah, you know, even if in the contract you say, "Well, we're going to do this, this, and this," and something happens, yeah. uh, parking becomes an issue, and the on-site auction is uh, is not looking very favorable. We had an auction one time. Um, I was a part of an auction one time. It wasn't my company. I was assisting another company, and they were in a gated community, and they had this all set up and we're moving forward two weeks before the sale. They said, by the way, you can't have an auction in this community. It's against our bylaws. <laughs> and they had oh. to box all that up and rent a center and take it out of the home and move this Someone to an else, offsite yeah. location. Well, that alters your contract and the agreement stuff. Here's what I found about people for the most part. If you're making an honest attempt and you're doing your best possible job for people People are still genuinely good, yeah. you know, in, yeah. in this country well, and I think part, in yes. most countries. Yeah. So when you go back to them and say, listen, the circumstances have changed and here's why, here's my suggestion, what we need to do. Nine times out of 10, they're going to be open to that because you're working in their best interest. And obviously in a roundabout way, your best interest because yeah. everybody should win out of that. Yeah. So building trust, Mm -hmm. building trust is going to be extremely important in the overall equation. You know, the fourth thing that we'd talk about is just having common ground and making sure that it's got to be a good experience for all involved. And it's not uncommon in a conversation as you get into it. If it's not a good fit for you or your uh, company, or it's not your services are not a good fit for them, then express that. In yeah. the conversation to say, this isn't you know, work out. I'm sorry. Yeah, whatever. We had the possibility to sell um, a lot of firearms one time. And, 
you know, I could have went through the process of getting what's called an FFL, a federal mm-hmm. firearms license, and I've got the safes, the gun safes, you know. It's not that difficult to do. Yeah. But for us, it's just not in our wheelhouse. It's not yeah. really what I want to do. And do. Yeah. I don't have a clientele mm-hmm. out there that's a buying audience. I would have to work three times harder to, to get people to come into that. It made more sense for the client for us to refer, refer that out, out to somebody mm-hmm. that is a specialist in that and take a referral fee, which, by the way, requires no license, no FFL license yeah. to get a referral fee. Let a licensed firearms dealer. That's just one of a... Uh, million examples of make sure that you've got common ground, that you have shared interest, you have shared experiences, your services meet the needs of the client. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you're going to be a lot more interested and vested in that um, conversation. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, going back to the auction where they had to take it all out of the, out of, out of the community to a, a center or whatever, um, you offered them an alternative and basically found that common ground that would work with both, you know, with with everybody. So, I mean, at, at the end of the day, you help them on both sides of that. Um, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know Just why I went right back to that. It's like, that's a weird situation. <laughs> so... We'll get back here to um, to this list. I'm sorry, I was reading okay. something off to the side that um, it just it it's edifying what we're talking about. Um, one thing that was not on our list that I want to I want to throw in here because it's on and another list over yeah. here on the side, but asking open ended questions. Yeah, yeah. And the open ended questions will keep the conversation moving. Well, yeah, asking yes or no questions gets you yes or no answers. That's right. <laughs> I mean, That's if you right. just say, you know, how old were you and you bought this house or whatever, 14, it, what, not 14, you know, 40, yeah. whatever. I was 14 when I bought this house. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. <laughs> You know, that's the answer you get is that answer. That's what you asked for. That's how they answered it. If you leave it more open-ended and say, why, you know, how did you come in contact with this or how did this happen or, you know, make them tell you a story. Absolutely. Absolutely. You're Because, again, we're trying to get them to continue to talk to us, right? Exactly. The open-ended questions, how long have you owned the property? Yeah. Tell me a little bit about your timeline. So what, what's the timeline look from start to finish optimally? When would you like to um, have the auction? Yeah. And what's your expectations for divesting of the property? Yeah. Exactly. You know, and you're you're asking them in that to give you a response other than yes or no. And that's that's an important one. Yeah. Absolutely. Positive body language. Yeah. Positive body language is uh is gonna be important. So my let me give you a story really fast. I'm gonna throw a Trina in here and just give a story. My oldest is currently a senior in college. He's um taking business management classes so he's doing a lot of like interview techniques and all of this stuff there's a photo out there on social media land of him at one of these interviews and this kid's six five right so he's a tall kid and he's sitting at a student desk for this interview but he's like slouched over looking at a piece of paper and that's all you see in this picture is this kid like literally Hunched, hunched backed over, over yeah. looking down and not, you know, not like 
no good posture, no like open, you know, communication. Look, he's literally looking down at a phone. It looks like the whole time. And my dad actually called me and said, what was he doing? Why was, what's this picture? And I said, oh, they were practicing their interview skills. And he said, I'm going to text him right now. Like my dad, you know, he's a sales guy too. He's like, I'm texting him right now. He needs to sit up straight. He needs to be looking straight ahead. I'm like, all right, dad, you, you let him know. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, that's just real world. And that's plainly visible in this photo on online that you could just see it right away. You know, if the circumstances, and I'm going to give you a real life example of that, because I have had, um, in, in years past and just, you know, reoccurringly once in a while, I'll have back trouble. And a most comfortable position for me whenever we're standing somewhere and we're talking is I will fold my arms. Uh I will cross my arms. Well, one of the telltale signs that somebody's not open to what you're saying is they're sitting here with with crossed arms, which means that they're closed off in the conversation. Yeah. And I will tell you a way that I can combat that. And I believe it, it can be combated. And that goes back up to open communication. Mm-hmm. I have had conversations with folks before where we were sitting at a dining room table or standing outside of a home and we're looking at something. And I, I would just look at him and I'd say, folks, by the way, I'm having a little issue with my back right now. I'm going to stand here with my arms crossed, but I'm very interested in what you're saying. Yeah. And I let them know I'm changing yeah. The situation. Yeah. I'm I'm instituting change into this conversation saying, you're going to see me standing here with my arms crossed right now. It's because I'm having a backache. Yeah. It has nothing to do with our conversation. And, you know, believe it or not, people, I, I believe, find relief in that. They, well, and not only they that, find comfort like, in that. Oh, I have back problems, too. Or my cousin yes. Joe does this. Have you seen this chiropractor? Yeah. That's, it, it absolutely can uh, can. Um, pull a conversation out of the yeah. conversation right. um, because I think most people again are good people most people are empathetic and if you're uh, it, it just shows that we're all human right you know we're, we're human beings so let's do this let's slip, uh, slip away let's hear from the, the sponsors and we'll come back in just a few minutes and we'll talk more about building rapport with your clients Ever dream of owning a country estate, historic home, or lakefront property? Log on to unitedcountry.com. Would you like to retire to a home built on breathtaking acreage in the mountains? Unitedcountry.com. Ever dream of your own private hunting preserve? unitedcountry.com over 30,000 farm recreational and lifestyle properties are just a click away helping people find their American dream for over 90 years we will help you find yours log on now to unitedcountry.com and find your freedom thinking about selling a real estate investment but worried about the taxes you'll have to pay property owners just like you have solved their tax issue with a Starker Services 1031 exchange. One call could save you a fortune in taxes. Call Starker Services today at 800-332-1031 or visit online at www.starker.com and keep the tax dollars working for you. Are you looking for heavy equipment but unsure where to start? Then you need to check out AuctionTime.com. Find great equipment has never been easier than bidding online at AuctionTime.com. What are you waiting for? Online auctions are closing every Wednesday. So register and start bidding today. AuctionTime.com, the way to buy heavy equipment. Crude oil, natural gas, coal, 
Buying and selling minerals is a breeze when you have the right energy professionals on your team. Mineralmarketing.com is a leading resource for America's mineral owners. Whether you're wanting to lease or sell your mineral rights, Mineral Marketing has you covered. Mineralmarketing.com, the oil and gas marketplace. And we're back in the studio. Trina and I are talking today about building rapport Mm -hmm. and the steps to building rapport. And um, before we uh, before we hopped off for the commercial break, we were starting to talk about utilizing the client's name Mm -hmm. that if you're taking notes on this episode, that one can be important if you have trouble remembering names. Yes, but. (laughs) Or During how to the, say the word remember. Remember. Remembering names. I got this cold sore right here. My okay. lip's all fat on this one side. So I, I feel, you know how, got a list like, yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah, I kind of feel like I do. Understood. Like a hair lip. So but, this one is a weird one to me because I don't actually like this one. Um, I get that it is a memory, a good way to remember somebody's name, but you can overdo it very easily. Well, I think it's a good exercise, but you have to be conscious not to overdo yeah. it. It's like Trina. Um, hey, Trina, I'm glad you're in the studio today, Trina. But I know, it's uh, like, stop saying my name. Yeah. Leave me alone. So she, she brings up a great point. You can absolutely overuse that exercise in a conversation. But it is good to drop it in there a few times and then also name association. So if you're talking with somebody and uh, say their name's Stephen, um, and you, you say, oh, I got a, a friend back home I went to school with named Stephen, um, you know, it, associating that in your mind a lot of times will help trigger that later in the conversation. What people recommend whenever you're using a client's name is, it's about the interaction and introducing the name in the conversation, but not over-introducing mm-hmm. it to where yes. it sounds like, hey, Stephen, how you doing, Stephen? Yeah. Glad it's you called us out, Stephen. what you're doing. I'm like, yeah. leave me alone. Leave me alone, people. But if you drop this into the conversation periodically and say, let me ask you this question, Stephen. How many, uh, like, do you have brothers and sisters? How many owners are there on the property? Yeah. And, and just maybe doing it periodically in the conversation. Then when you get ready to shake hands at the end of the conversation, you're going to say, Stephen, I'm glad you invited us out. Thank you. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, we're looking forward to going to work for your family. That is what you're really after is, um, you're, you're after just creating that sense of familiarity and, and, uh, and that this conversation's been important enough to me that I remembered your name. Right. Yeah. Right. Understood. Also, be responsive. Um, again, <laughs> yes. write that one down. Be responsive. Respond promptly mm-hmm. to the emails and to the messages pre-meeting, but, but especially post-meeting. Yeah, absolutely. Because and the reason I mentioned pre-meeting, um, let's say you do a mailing, and and you get a response and said somebody says i'm interested in visiting with you uh about my property and you take a week to get back with them they've probably already called somebody else yeah well and if they haven't let's say they haven't called somebody else what is their perception of your company and the relationship if we contract you to have a sale for us or to list our property You've already set an expectation of not being responsive right out of the gate. Well, it's already taken them a week to get back to me just for the first call. So I don't know how long this process is going to take. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And then you have the meeting, 
And I, I owe you something after the meeting, Stephen, you know, we yeah. talked about, thank you very much. I'll tell you what, let us get a marketing plan together and I'll give me two days and I'll be back with you. And then my recommendation is when you go back to the office that night or the next morning, send an email, send a note card out to them, just something quick. Uh, text them if you have their phone number and say, I really enjoyed meeting with you, but be responsive. Yeah. Keep that communication going and be responsive. That one is paramount in, in the, uh, in the overall equation. And going back, if you said, I'm going to give this to you on Tuesday, get that to them on Tuesday, if not Monday, maybe even get, get there early, whatever that's yeah. Be timely with their time. You know, I kind of hinted at this whenever I, I was just talking about the end of the conversation with somebody named Stephen, but um, the next thing we want you to write down is to show appreciation. Mm-hmm. Have appreciation for the opportunity. L- let me go one step further. Have appreciation for the opportunity, even if it's not a good fit. And yeah. I don't know that that one's on our list today, but there's something I want to talk to you about, and that is Always be a solution for somebody. Mm-hmm. If you if you can't be the solution, provide the solution, you know, or vice versa. If you can't provide the solution, be the solution. And what yeah. that means is we're, we're not a good fit for this gun auction, but I know an auctioneer that sells exclusively firearms at auction, and he's very, very good at it. Yeah. And Let me give him a call, and I will get back to you with his. Exactly. Yeah, is it exactly. okay if I connect you or could I give yeah. you the information or I'll, I'll make the connection? But um, a lot of times we'll get phone calls where in the auction business and the listing business, it's just not necessarily in our wheelhouse. It's not what we do or where we do it um, or even how we do it. But there's somebody out there that I know from this many years in the business that do that. Yeah. And I want to be part of that solution for you. Here's where I've learned that lesson is over the years, we went out and did some things that were not very profitable early in the career. I worked with a company in Oklahoma and we would, uh, mom would pass away. We would come in and we would have a little old estate sale in Mm -hmm. a small country town. And uh, at, at the end of the day, we would end up maybe eating all of our labor or whatever. The reason why we did that is that family owned five or six farms. Yeah. And when they got ready to sell those farms, they would call the auction company yeah. in that area you to did them a favor before. Said, they this can is do the, me a favor now. This is yeah. the company that we work with and, and we just have a good long standing relationship with them. Right. And that's still, I believe, paramount in, in business today. Um, so make sure that you're you you have some gratitude and, and that uh you, you make them feel valued in the conversation. The worst thing you can ever do, um, you never judge a book by its cover. So when you first go out and you look at the property, you look at the home, um, there are a lot of people that are very, very unassuming whenever you look mm-hmm. at them. They, they don't look like they have a lot, and they maybe own three to ten farms out yeah. here um, or other types of property. Mm-hmm. I had a gentleman one time, his shoes were about to fall off of his feet, um, did not look like he could pay for lunch, mm-hmm. let alone a commercial building downtown in Northwest in a city in Northwest Oklahoma, where I'm from. We were on the third floor of this department store. We were liquidating it. And the guy that owned the brokerage, he came over and he said, have you handed out any of these property information packets? And I said, well, I gave one to that guy over there, but I, I doubt very seriously he's our buyer. And he said, come over here by the window. I want to show you something. 
And what he showed me was the west side of the downtown square. He said he owns all those buildings over there. Yeah. Yeah. Never judge a book by its cover. So you want to make them feel valued Mm -hmm. in the conversation. And it should not be about whether somebody can be useful to you. Don't treat people like, like a tool, you know, like a utility is... People should feel valued anyways in a conversation. Yeah. So that's where your heart needs to enter that conversation. Um, if, if it's just not going to be a good fit, let them know that they have something of value and, and make them feel important and say, here's a couple of suggestions. You know, it's going to cost too much for an auction. You may need to, uh, have you thought about just organizing a garage sale? Yeah. And I've done that with personal property where there's just, there, there's Tupperware, you know, and old yeah, ashtrays and a beat up yeah. couch in mm-hmm. there. And said, folks, an, an auction's not going to be the best fit for you, but here's a couple of strategies that would fix this and, and you make them feel important before you leave the conversation. Right, right. You want to make sure and adapt your communication <laughs> style yes. to tailor or match their preferences so... Um, we're dealing right now with a commercial property, and a gentleman that would like to buy that property is, um, he's, he's, he's an aggressive trader, you know, he's, mm-hmm. but then the next client, the next person that you meet with, um, that you may get to go to work for is more meek or more yeah. mild, you know, and, and not, um, I hate to use words like Tim and stuff, but they're just, they're more reserved. Yeah, yeah. And um, they're looking more for guidance than they are boastful and and Mm -hmm. they want to be the leader instead of the follower. Tailor your communication style in that conversation when you need to have a little bit of an ego and say, listen, we're a very large company. We've been here 30 years. You know, I've had 4,000 auctions that I've been a part of and, you know, pull that out. It's okay to pull that out of the closet and dust it off and that's your communication style with somebody that that needs to feel like they've got a very confident um, and aggressive marketing company out there. But then if you have somebody that is more reserved and more family uh, family oriented, and I'm saying that from a standpoint of they are caring more about the other owners and decision makers, you know, than, than the process, then you need to quell that down a little bit and, and you need to fit that conversation with your personality and your communication style. Right. Right. Yeah, I'm looking. Sorry. <laughs> so mean, you want to anticipate yes. their needs. Um, the last one, uh, uh, the last one we talked about was adapt your communication style to fit the to the conversation, obviously. And and if you again, if you're taking notes, anticipate the need out there. You want to anticipate the needs. So. This sometimes goes to confidence, and it goes to being in business for a while and being a uh, service company. So here's a prime example. If you called a heating and air conditioning company out today, yeah. um, that air conditioner's not working. Well, in this weather, the heater's not working. So air conditioning. In your office, is the AC, Sean. Yeah. Let's be real. <laughs> but uh, air conditioning's not working, or the heater's not working, and the contractor comes out, and the first thing that they're in the early in the conversation are looking at it, and they look at you and say, "Well, what uh, what do you think we need to do? You know, how much confidence you're going to have yeah. in that service provider?" I out called there, so. you to tell me what's wrong. Yeah. So anticipate the need. There's there's two um, there's two elements of this in the conversation. Is one be the subject matter expert. You are a licensed 
realtor. Mm-hmm. You are a licensed auctioneer, a practicing realtor and auctioneer. Hopefully you have enough experience that you're going to be able to make some very professional suggestions about mm-hmm. the property and the, the listing and the auction or and so on. But also think about some things in a conversation that may lead them a little bit because it'll build some, um, it'll, it'll build confidence in them that you're a professional. And here's what I mean by that is you haven't really talked about the logistics of, let's say an auction for now, mm-hmm. um, tents. You know, this time of year, we could run into inclement weather. I'm going to recommend that we set up one to two tents out here in the yard. And here's what we'll do. We could stage them like this. Parking can be an issue up and down the roads. Here's how we would park. You're making suggestions out there to them. There's a technique in negotiations called suggestive close. And and the suggestive close means that I'm making, I'm, I'm being presumptuous and in, in, in kind of hinting that we're already working together. You've yeah. already made the decision to hire me, even when you haven't. But it can lead you or steer you in that direction to want to work with me if I am um, a professional consultant, because right. that's what people are really looking for. Even in the pricing model. A lot of times they'll ask about commissions, but the one thing that still stands, we have... We have indoctrinated most of our culture, in, especially in the U.S., about buying things off of a menu board, off of a value-added service system. Mm-hmm. If you're providing more, people are accustomed to paying more for that. Early in the gate, they're looking at, well, how much commission do you charge? They, they want the lowest bidder, but yeah. that's because they don't know the differences between the companies. They don't understand what all's available to them. Mm-hmm. When you start having that conversation and enlightening them on, well, I think you're going to net more money if we do this, this, and this. To do that, you know, we're going to be a point higher more. than yeah, yeah. the competition. Mm-hmm. They'll pay for that. Yeah. They want the best bang for their buck, and, and they'll spend a little bit of a buck, but you have to convince them that the bang's going to be there. So. Right. right. Anticipate their needs, though, if you're writing those down. And then the last one is follow-up. And follow-up, we talked early on, we talked a little bit more about being responsive or talked Mm -hmm. earlier about being responsive. Let's talk about the follow-up. The follow-up is an important element. One, you have to do it. And that goes back to being responsive. But number two is, is they call it asking for the next. And asking for the next is, I just called a guy this morning. And I said, hey, did you talk to so-and-so on the phone? He goes, yeah. And I said, what's your next move? What's the next step? And he goes, well, he's going to do this and get back with me. And I said, put a date on the calendar, bud. I've been training you for years like this. You know better than that. I said, hey, I said, okay, next Tuesday at 2 o'clock, are you available for a call? Can I call you? Can I call you? But ask for the next. The follow-up is important to keep the conversation moving and to keep pushing things forward with the client. Yeah. So the follow-up is extremely important. Well, and not only that, but you're, you're checking their temperature as the project goes on. After the project, you might get another project out of them just because you bothered to call and check on what, how's everything going in That's your life. That's about communication, you know? right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's not done the day of the sale either, so... That's where There's I 12 the items. I'm going to run through yeah. these one more time. Hey, if you're writing any of this down from the show, I'm going to run through these. Well, let's do a little recap here. Okay. Active listening. Mm-hmm. You got to listen. You got to be an active listener. Number two is we're going to talk about empathy. You know, be empathetic. Put, your, put yourself into the other person's shoes out there and look at it from their perspective. Number three is open communication. 
You want to make sure that you're clear, you're transparent, you're encouraging to them um, that if they have thoughts or feelings about it, that you're listening to those and you're, uh, you're, you're just, you're being a human being in the conversation. Mm-hmm. Number four is building trust. You want to make sure that you're building trust in that person, which actually goes back to rapport. You know, if, if somebody, they have to like you and they have to trust you Yeah, and you got to build their trust also here. Here's the, here's the caveat to that is somebody can like you, but they may not think you're qualified enough to do the job. You've got to build their confidence mm-hmm. and their trust in that. Number five is you got to find common ground out there. And in the conversation, listen for telltale signs where you've had shared experiences. Uh, you're from the same part of the country. You've got the same amount of kids or um, both your, your kids and their kids went to the same college. I mean, anything. You grew up driving tractors or combines. Anything that puts you um, on common ground out there is a great way to build rapport. Number six is positive body language. Mm-hmm. Eye eye contact. Eye contact, yeah. You're you're looking at them when they talk. It's okay to look up or off to the side real quick if you're thinking about something, but then go back to the eye contact. don't stare them down either. That's not okay either. You don't don't want that thousand-yard stare away. (laughs) Sign this document. Sign the document. Nobody will follow you home. Um, But... But the positive body language is also in the handshake, a warm handshake. Don't try to burn their hand off, you know, like break their hand whenever you're, you're shaking hands. Um, resist the hugging. I've, I was with a guy one time. He come out. He, he had his arm out. He was walking towards people, and he had his hand out. And I was like, oh, you know, we're going to shake hands. I mean, that's cool. And the minute the person shook their hand out, he, he, pulled, him, him. he oh. pulled him in and gave him the bro hug, you know, out there. And I was like, oh, that's a weird first introduction. So, um, And the bubble. Don't get in people's bubbles, man. Be aware of a little, the bubble. The, an arm length away is the bubble. That's right. Stay out of it. Sometimes <laughs> a tic-tac's not enough. Yeah, exactly. But positive body language. Number seven, use the client's name. Use the client's name, but to Trina's point earlier, don't overuse their name. Drop that into the conversation once every, you know, 15, 20 minutes or so, just just to make sure it's memorable out there. And when you get ready to leave that conversation with Steve and you say, Stephen, thank you for having us out. Mm-hmm. You know, we appreciate it. And hey, the guy remembered my name. He, he's the only one out of everybody I met that remembered my name. That's an important thing. Yeah. Uh, number eight, be responsive. You want to make sure and be responsive, respond to their emails uh, in a timely manner, their their texts, their contacts, but be responsive. Number nine, you want to show appreciation. You want to thank them very much for offering you the opportunity to come out there. There's a lot of realtors. There's a lot of auctioneers, a lot of companies. They could have called anybody, may have called two or three, but you were one of those two or three. Thank them for that opportunity. Number 10, you want to adapt your communication style to the person that you're talking to. Yes. Uh, the old adage is know your audience, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. You got to know your audience. So sum them up very, very quickly. Keep them talking. You'll quickly know what their personality's like. And then if you need to lean into it and be more aggressive and be a little more verbose in the conversation, do it. If you need to step back and, and, uh, and, and just listen and be uh, confident but quieter, do that. Yeah. Know your audience. Number 11 is anticipate the needs. And that's where um, you can have, you have the chance 
to be the consultant in that conversation by saying, here's a few things, you know, based on my 4,000 auctions, here's some things you folks will need. Yeah. And or have you got an attorney or, yet? Yeah, exactly. Have you probated yeah. the estate? Do you actually, have you gotten to the point where you have the power to sell yeah. the property? Believe it or not, people don't always understand that when mom or dad pass away or, um, you know, or, or somebody transitions out of this life, they say, well, I've got all this stuff I got to figure out what to do with. Do you actually have the legal yeah. right to sell Is it, it yet? You will yeah. have. Yeah. You know, nobody's questioning uh, the authenticity of this conversation, but there's a process. Yeah. And sometimes the auction company, believe it or not, leads them to the attorney to start a probate record. It's yeah. kind of a kind of a funny deal. Number 12, follow up. Yes. And I can't say that one enough. You got to follow up and you have to make sure that you just you have good contact management with them. You're following up. They may not be ready to sell today. Yeah. You got to continue that relationship and follow up because, as you know, uh, from being in this business, whether you're a realtor or an auctioneer, leads are hard to quality. Leads are hard to generate. If you get, um, if you get a fish on the hook out there, you got to continue to reel until you get them all the way in the boat. Right. So, I like your fishing analologies. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I feel like fishing. I feel like doing a little ice fishing out here today since we yeah, got snow on the ground. Could. We. Uh, I think that's a good, well-rounded episode. We're talking about building rapport with a client. And I'm going to recap. I'm going to go all the way back to the first part of the conversation. And let's end with this. When you're going out to the listing appointment, it is way better and way more important to build rapport with that person you're talking to than it is to pitch in a listing presentation to them. It's chicken and egg, right? Mm -hmm. The first thing is to get them to like you and to trust you. And nine times out of 10, whatever you show them after that, they're going to sign up for. Yeah. Within reason. Yeah. Yeah. You you can't, you know, come out and say, well, I charge 80% commission, you know. I mean, <laughs> they're probably not going to sign up for that. No. You, you have to be within reason. But if they like you, they trust you, and they've, they've enjoyed the conversation with you, and now they feel like that you're a company they can work with, let's get this listed. Let's right. get to work. Right. Awesome. All right. <laughs> Sorry. That's a good that's a good segue into uh thanking everybody for um being with us on the sale ring today. And um it's a great show. We're going to uh we're gonna continue to ramp these up and ladies and gentlemen, we'll look forward to seeing you next time inside the sale ring. Thank you for joining us for today's show. To access all resources and links mentioned in today's show, head over to www.thesalering.com now. We appreciate your feedback and encourage you to share the show with other industry pros like yourself. Join us next time as we meet you inside The Sale Ring.